Paul, I'm really ready for spring. Don't know about you. I have bad news. It's still February. I'm really ready for spring, and I really like spring because there's a lot of plants. So I've got a plant joke for you this week. Cool. Okay. What do you call a cheerleading herb? A cheerleading herb? I don't know. You call it an encouragement. (laughs) I like that one. Ah. love plants don't you can you keep plants alive i don't know i don't even try i don't waste my time i have add so like i I don't want to if something is not going to run up to me crying that it needs help (laughs) it's generally not easy for me to keep it alive but hi everybody welcome to signal 25 (laughs) gotta do the intro i'm Bree, and i'm paul But that's okay. Uh, welcome to our plant podcast. Um, only plants. Only plants. But all sorts of plants. Um, potted plants. Those hanging basket plants. Uh, manufacturing plants. Uh, power plants. Recycling plants. Uh, plants as in like someone who is like an informant that you put into the other side of something like when you're a spy or i don't i don't really understand what those are useful for but and succulents <laughs> the easiest plant <laughs> and succulents uh one of my favorite jokes it just really does not work as a podcast joke but one of my favorite jokes from jungle cruise is the i'd like to point out some of my favorite plants and then they just start pointing at them at just like various like foliage <laughs> foliage and vegetation yeah because you, you think, right, that they're going to like, oh, yeah, talk about the hydrangeas or I don't know. That was just the first plant that came to mind. But <laughs> one time I did have a Jungle Cruise skipper. Um, he started fake naming the plants. So like he was just coming up with like, oh, that's a spiky greena topia. And that's a leafy one. And... <laughs> It was so funny. It was so original, too, because, like, usually, like you said, they just pointed them, and he was just like, and here's all the plants. What's your favorite Jungle Cruise joke? Ooh. Um, probably the seventh wonder of the world, or the eighth wonder of the world, the backside of water. (laughs) Do you think, now, here's a question. Do you think, and I'd be shocked if it didn't, does that joke survive the redo? Probably, right? God, I hope so. I didn't even consider that. I also love the, uh, right now you're in the longest river in Africa, and if you don't believe me, you're in denial. Ah, that is a good one. Yeah, I, I like that they joke that they're kidnapping you. I think that's really funny. Like, smile and wave as you leave the dock, because you'll never see them again. (laughs) I'm also a big fan of the, um... At the end, they'll go of all of my crew of all of my crews. I don't remember what they call it, but uh, you have definitely been my most recent. I, I always get a kid. I like that one. That one's good. I've had one similar to that before, where she goes, "You are my favorite cruise of this journey," <laughs> and you're always like, "Oh, thank, thanks, thanks." But this is not a Jungle Cruise podcast. 
I mean, we it can isn't talk about it quite a bit. It isn't not a Jungle Cruise podcast, I suppose. Absolutely. It could be if we wanted it to be. And actually, after the refurb and we try the refurb ourselves, it probably will be a Jungle Cruise podcast. Maybe we should just record an entire episode on the Jungle Cruise. I support that. I feel like that's I feel like while we're in Disney World, we need to just record the podcast random places in the park. Just like in line. Yeah. Yeah. Interview random other people, assuming we could be within six feet of them. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if I'm going back to Disney, I'm going to feel reasonably safe being within six feet of another person. Oh, yeah. Good point. So, well, but like I said, we're not yet a Jungle Cruise podcast. (laughs) We're a Disney podcast. So let's talk about Disney stuff, including the Disney news. So today, which is the 17th? It's been the 17th all day, Brie. Oh. Good. The 17th of February, the Cruella movie trailer came out, and it looks dark. Yeah. So I thought this was a Disney Plus thing. I thought that they'd already said that it's coming to Disney Plus, but everything I've seen suggests that it's actually going to supposedly come to theaters in late May. Um, but yeah, Which is a it looks stressful. It looks like if you mixed Cruella DeVille and joker i wanted to say like maleficent but it it's not like maleficent at all. it's it's just joker it's just like joker yeah. <laughs> except not r-rated right i think uh, yeah i guess i don't know maleficent is kind of whimsical like i haven't seen the whole movie i've seen bits and pieces of it here or there but it's very whimsical like you still have like this like dusting of it's a fairy tale over it Whereas Cruella just looks like she's going to shank someone. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I can't tell if she's going to be some sort of, like, hero in this story, the way Maleficent is. I don't think so. I don't think so. Because at can't... the end of the trailer, she looks really broken. Like, I am Cruella. And it's just like... Okay. All Disney villains are obviously bad guys, right? They're bad people. I don't know if there's any character that is less redeemable than the one who wants to skin puppies. I got I got one for you. Who could possibly be less redeemable? The hunter that shot Bambi's mom. No, no, because hunting is common. That's a thing that people do. Still bad. I'm not saying not bad, but arguably more redeemable. But Cruella doesn't actually skin any puppies in the movie. But she tries to. She wants to. Okay. You're not wrong. You're not right, but you're not wrong. I'm just saying, you can't wicked this one. No. She's just She's bad. just the bad guy. Yeah. Have you seen Twisted, which is the... Uh, Jafar musical done by the people who did a Harry Potter musical. Yes. In that, there's a part where all the Disney villains come out and do their little piece about, you know, oh, I'm Ursula and here's why I'm bad and kind of explain it away and, you know, a verse or two. And then Cruella comes out and she's like, I just wanted to skin some puppies. And all of the other villains are like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) That's how I feel about Cruella. I mean, that's fair. I like her in Villain Cell Block Tango, if you haven't seen that YouTube video. Probably, but it's been a while. 
I was going to say it because I don't know. I feel like that redeems her and maybe I just like her in that better. <laughs> She's also was going to be my costume for not so scary <laughs> in 2020. But hmm. yeah, funny that how, didn't happen. Funny how that works. It looks really good. I'm excited for it. Like, obviously, I'm excited for it because I'm not a child. I would not take your children to see this. Yeah, no. Like, screen it first. No, it's really dark. It looks, I don't know what it's rated. I'm going to guess probably PG, but from the trailer, it certainly looks PG-13, if not R. I mean, it looks like Joker, but less violent, frankly. And less, also less about mental illness, hopefully, and the traumas of the character's life but no it has to be about that so i don't know anyway i really hope this is not the introductory we get for disney into mental illness i really really hope yeah that is yes good point so completely opposite of cruella yeah golden girls is not coming to disney plus as long as you live in the united states sorry is it not no are you kidding me? No, it's Disney Plus Star. My sources did me dirty. But if you don't live in the United States or have access to a VPN or whatever, uh, it is coming to Disney Plus through Disney Plus Star. I mean, that makes sense. It's just definitely on Hulu. <laughs> it is currently on Hulu right now, I think. Yeah. Well, there's my endorsement. Go watch Golden Girls. I have seen every single episode. It's one of my favorite TV shows. <laughs> Speaking of things that are coming to Disney Plus, though, uh, first of all, I think the Muppet Show today, this Friday, so the nineteenth, uh, yeah, the entire five seasons of the Muppet Show is on Disney Plus right now, which is so exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, also coming to Disney Plus is Assemble: The Making of Wandavision, which is basically uh, a version of uh, what's it called uh, Star Wars Gallery: The Mandalorian, but for WandaVision instead. I don't know if it's going to be just a single episode, if it's going to be a series, I don't know. Um, but they're also going to do uh, a Marvel Studios Legends episode, at least one, probably two, one each for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And those are coming out on March 12th, which will be the week between WandaVision and uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's super exciting. I'm going to have to watch that one, and or you're going to have to basically just give me one in person. <laughs> yeah. They're significantly easier to describe than Wanda and Vision, though, because if nothing else, how you explain Vision existing and dying, and now he's back, and I still don't fully know, I guess. I yeah. don't understand how he's back, but... Something, something Wanda Vision. I don't know. Something Wanda. Speaking of Marvel, Disney Cruise Line has announced their Marvel and also Star Wars Days at Sea in 2022. Uh, probably not. Probably not. Let's be real considering, here. Probably not. Considering other cruise lines like Princess and Caribbean and whatever the other major cruise lines are, uh, aren't even booking until possibly late 2022 probably not i don't yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna say a big no on that one because i feel like what a lot of people not that they don't understand but like the cruise line industry is so global 
like it requires so much international travel to participate in. It's going to be one of the last things to come back because even though individual countries are going to get this under control and get vaccinated and be able to reopen safely, it's going to be a long time before we can have like mass group travel again. Plus, I think a lot of people are just not going to want to go on a cruise. If nothing else, they saw what happened with COVID, <laughs> which... Yeah, if anything else, yeah, I mean, but people were stuck at sea for, a, what, a month? Yeah. But also, so, I think it's just pe- people... It will take a while for people to be like, yes, I don't mind being around that many people, especially in that close of quarters with that many people. I suspect for a week. that that will take a long time. But I could be wrong. I don't know. Because I also do think that there is kind of the desperation for that people have for, for traveling, but... I don't know. I have a desperation for travel not to be stuck on a boat with strangers for a week. I feel like there's a difference there, right? But speaking of Star Wars, I feel like we have to talk about it, Paul. Yeah. I mean, we probably do. Yeah. Um, Without going into too much detail, because A, I don't want to, and B, uh, it's generally just bad stuff. Uh, Gina Carano, yeah. Caron- I don't know how you say her last name. It doesn't really Carano, matter Carano. anymore. No, it never, not um, anymore. <laughs> because she was fired from The Mandalorian for making just real bad, real bad social media posts. And then making worse social media posts to defend the real bad social media posts. Yeah. So yeah. It, you, it kind of feels like the writing's been on the wall for a little while. Um, the fact that she wasn't announced to be a part of the Rangers of the New Republic show when, like, that was clearly written for her character is yeah. not a great sign. Um, I, <laughs> no. So I don't know if they're going to recast the character, if they're just going to move on without the Cara Dune character. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot of public push to recast because the character itself is really cool. Like, yeah, she's a cool I like character. the character a lot. Yeah. So something else that I was thinking of too. So so a lot of stores have removed the Cara Dune merchandise, mm-hmm. um, which if nothing else means that that merchandise is going to become a lot more valuable. But it also potentially means that uh, people who agree with those posts can now use that character as a kind of martyr, I guess. A symbol um so it may be in disney's interest if they legitimately don't want those the values espoused in those posts to be kind of popularized and uh be associated with the mandalorian and that character in particular to recast the character and kind of reclaim that the character our listeners can't see my face right now but it's a really upset face (laughs) I hope they recast it because because it's a good character. It's not a character that should be taken down because of what an actor chose to do. It's a character that deserves to have her story played out and get to. Yeah, I agree. Also, I mean this as a generic white woman myself. The character is portrayed as a generic woman. Yeah, just some strong woman. That's it. I mean, that's really easy to be recast. Yeah, not a not much else defining her so i hope they recast it and looking forward to season three and the new show uh moving to lighter news at least i hope 
boy, I hope this ends up being good news, but uh, Hong Kong <laughs> Disneyland is reopening. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sounds like it is good news, of course, but also... Wait, reopening again. Yeah, re-reopening. <laughs> re-reopening. Actually, this might be the third time they've reopened. I'm pretty sure this is the third time I, I think this is the reopened. third time they've reopened. Uh, I think it'll be a lot better this time. I mean, obviously, they have the vaccine on their side this time. So I will say Hong Kong has been really strict with, you know, shutdowns and lockdowns. And as soon as things start to get bad, they immediately close everything down. It, they have very much been an all or nothing place. And it's worked well for them. I mean, their case numbers are significantly lower than the rest of um, that part of Asia. And they also are doing great with vaccines. So I hope Hong Kong gets to stay open. I hope that, you know, a Disneyland in the world can be open. <laughs> I I really like their new castle for what it's worth. Not related oh, to anything. God. But I actually really like that castle. I know it kind of gets a lot of hate for being weird and mishmash and hodgepodge but i think it's really cool it's certainly better than it was before because originally it was a copy of the disneyland castle which i think everyone can agree is objectively the worst castle yeah it's perfect for disneyland it was perfect for disneyland i think i feel like anymore though it's like oh do you want to see them like change the castle i don't necessarily want them to change the castle it's just so small it's so small but see here's the thing though is that you know, having been to Disneyland the majority of the times and before Disney World, it, it seemed so big to me, having never seen Disney World's castle. And then it was only ruined once I spent all of my time at Disney World. Yeah, but all of the other Disney parks have, like, at least twice as big castles. And this is the yeah. OG, right? It should have at least... It doesn't have to have the biggest one, but it should be at least, like, the fancier fancier than it is right now i i mean i completely agree i not that i don't love the new paint job it got very pretty um but i think of pink castles and then i think of disneyland paris like i don't even think of disneyland when you say pink castle i'm like oh, but have you seen disneyland paris's castle and i know that the reason it's so small was for quote-unquote zoning but then you look at california adventure and they have yeah. stuff up in the sky now so obviously that's out the window power plant or whatever mission breakout is and a ferris wheel and the incredicoaster and come on yeah so zoning out the window um now if you want to argue sight lines fine fine but i do think that it should be more distinct than it is right now anyway that's neither here nor there uh speaking of disneyland though and california adventure we now know what lands are going to reopen as part of the ticketed thing. event. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't know really what it is. I just call it the thing. The, the thing. The thing that they're doing down there in California. Yeah. Uh, those lands are Cars Land, Pacific Wharf, Pixar Pier, Grizzly Peak, and of course, Buena Vista Street will be back open as well. So that's pretty much everything, I think. Other than Avengers Campus, obviously, but. Yeah, that is everything. No, that's not Sunset. That's Hollywood Studios. No, no, no. Um, because one of us the street runs parallel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And sunset well, runs. Sense. Yeah. Uh, horizontal. Are there any shops over there though? Uh, yeah. There's the animation studio, which has all the art shop. Uh, it's the hot dog stand. Oh yeah, award wieners. Award wieners. Um, 
But then I think that's it. So maybe they'll open that extension part of it. Yeah. But it's also Carthay Circle Restaurant is the exits over there. It's also like not even really a land. It's like a mini land. Yeah. So I feel like they might just include that as one of us a street. Like maybe you can't walk all the way down it, obviously, because the rest is rides. But yeah, I'd imagine you could go to the first part because like that's a really popular shop. I feel like they wouldn't not have it open. Probably. But basically what this means is, uh, yeah, all of California Adventure is open minus rides. So that's Which neat. Is, what a what a loophole. <laughs> yeah. Why? How did it take this long? <laughs> totally. And everyone always made fun of that, of like how, oh, California Adventure doesn't have that many rides. It's just shopping and dining. But who's laughing now? <laughs> uh, I'm laughing now at the name Swan Reserve because that's the name... <laughs> Of the resort. It was originally going to be called The Cove, which is a much better name. Well, The Cove makes sense if it's yeah. between Swan and Dolphin. It's not really between the Swan and Dolphin, though. But anyway. It's uh, like a triangle. Yeah. There's a new resort called the Swan Reserve. Uh, the building itself looks ugly. Well, it looks fine, but it doesn't fit with anything. It's um, so confusingly 80s. But also, like, vaguely contemporary, like, modern. Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it doesn't. It just doesn't seem like it really knows what it wants to be. But what it wants to be clearly is not the swan or the dolphin. So no. But we were kind of looking at like reservations and prices. So at this hotel, you can. So it's owned by Marriott, not by Disney. It's just a Disney partner, much like the Swan and Dolphin are. So it's been looped into that group of we're a Disney resort, but we're not a Disney resort. And it's only like. 300 a night only for an epcot view or hollywood studios view room and it's like just for reference in the location here it's at uh it's it's by the boardwalk so outside of the uh world uh what's that entrance at epcot called the international gateway outside there there's the boardwalk and then the yacht and beach club. And then if you go a little bit further, there's the Swan and Dolphin. And then just a little bit past that now, it's going to be the Swan Reserve. Yeah, that's a really good value for a really quite nice resort. Um, yeah. I'm not going to say that that's cheap by any means, of course. Uh, but for the location and for the seeming quality of the resort. Now, granted, neither of us have been there. Um, right. We certainly haven't stayed there. But it'll but, be a brand new hotel, like exactly. Yeah, I that's that's Disney cheap, as I like to call it. Something that you would never imagine spending that amount of money on until you walk on Disney property, and then you're like, "Wow, that's not too bad." What? It's less than four dollars for a soda. Oh, hold the phone. I feel like when I come back from Disney, I like buy bottled soda a lot more. Because I see the price and yeah. it's like, what, less than $2? But it's like four fifty at Disney. I did that a lot when I came home from my college program. Like when we would go out to like eat or like grab lunch or something yeah. somewhere, I'd be like, why is it so cheap? Like when they're like, oh, just Venmo me half. And the half is like six bucks. And you're like, I have to owe you more money than that, right? That can't possibly be right. That's like a churro. <laughs> yeah, that feels wrong. And then you're like, oh, wait, I was robbed for four months. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, finally, this week. There's a new short film that's going to come out with Raya and the Last Dragon. I don't know. Is this going to be on Disney Plus or not? I assume it is. So I know for sure it's going to be part of the theatrical release of Raya, but I don't know 
I haven't heard either way if it's going to be part of the Disney Plus release. I uh, They haven't really talked about it. So I assume it will be on Disney Plus at some point. But it's the first Disney short that they've done in years. Right. Because what was on the last few? So there was the Simpsons one. Oh, no, that was in front of Toy Story. What were in front of the last few Disney movies? Well, Disney usually doesn't do shorts. It's usually Pixar that does shorts. Disney's done shorts not that long ago. They did uh, Get a Horse, the one where it's Mm, Pete chasing Mickey and friends around through, like, they're, like, breaking through the theater screen. I'm just trying to remember what one that was in front of. I want to say it was the original Frozen. That feels right. And that was probably the last one, because I don't think there's been a Disney short since then. Might have been. Well, because it's been, what? How God, how many years since Frozen came out? It came out in 2013? Eight years? 2012 or 2013, yeah. It was 2013 because I drove to see it. That's how I defined the difference is, was, did someone drive me or did I drive myself? Um, wow, but that's hmm. still eight years ago. Anyway, yeah, it looks um, neat. It does. It looks fun. Yeah, it's about a, an old couple discovering, like, rediscovering their love, I guess. I'm crying already. Yeah, it's just going to be, like, the first ten minutes of Up, but in reverse. I can't handle that again. I cannot. I cannot handle it. Ugh. Well, I think they deserve a break from the news before we go into Bree's tangent hour. Um... <laughs> All right, that's the podcast episode name. Hold on. (laughs) Do you think we should go to a word from our sponsors? I think we should go to lots of words from our sponsors. Oh, you're right. Just one would be silly. I know. Paul, have you ever waited a really long time? Yes. Just (laughs) just to be disappointed in the end? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Most rides, I would say. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's one ride in particular I'm going to think about this week, and that would be Soarin' Around the World. Man, you're not doing a good job selling it. Soarin' Around the World takes you on a journey of around the world after you've waited in a stupidly oh, long yeah. line for over an hour. I forgot how you dealt feel with, about Soarin'. And dealt with cranky flight attendants who, when you are um talking to them, like to not talk about the boat ride that's across from them and instead encourage you to just ride Soren again because why would you waste your time on a boat? So Soren Around the World gets the advertisement this week of being the worst ride at Disney World, the most insulting ride at Disney World, and the saddest ride at Disney World. So ride it if you hate joy or nice things or boats. And now a word from Tony's Town Square Restaurant. Spaghetti. This has been a word from Tony's Town Square Restaurant. So, Brie, you've made it very clear you are not a big fan of Soren around the world. Nope. Were you a bigger fan of uh, Soren over California? Honestly, yeah, I was. Um, it was. I want to say it was the first ride I did when I went to California Adventure for the first time. And I was blown away by it, like getting lifted up, the smells, like it was a blast. And I just thought it was a much higher quality ride. Like, I don't feel like they put as much quality into Soarin' Around the World as they did into, like, into Soarin' Over California. Yeah, I agree. I don't like Soarin' Around the World nearly as much. And it's a cool concept. Like, I want to like it. Like, I like traveling. I like Soarin'. Like, just poorly it seems executed. To, 
fit the bill. Yeah. And like, I don't like the fact that if I sit in a different part of the theater than the direct center middle row, that the Eiffel Tower curves. Like, come on. Yeah, that one. I, that, how on earth that passed quality assurance? I have no idea. I have no idea. And I think about that every single time I write it, that we could be flying over orange groves right now. But instead, I have a curved, bent, awful Eiffel Tower in front of me. Like, come on. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, do you want to tell everyone why you actually hate the ride, though? So it all started on my third day of my college program. And I was training for Living with the Land. And there were a bunch of new baby CPs also training for Soren. And at one point, you get a ride. So when you're training for a ride in pretty much every park, you get to ride surrounding attractions if you finish training early. So like as part of your like knowledge checks so that you can like recommend things to people. Oh, this is so this is news ride. to me cuz there were oh. no there were no rides around great movie rides. So fair. We got to ride Soren multiple times, Living with the Land multiple times. We rode Figment, we did the um Pixar Short Film Festival. We got to ride Nemo and Friends. <laughs> wow. Like ran the yeah, whole gamut. We, we ended our tr- every training day with ride, a ride or two, or like before our lunch break, we'd go do a ride. Um, so it's about day three of training, and we're in line to ride Soren, and we decide to do it with the Soren training group as well, so that we could all just ride together, make it easier on the people grouping and whatnot. And the girl training at Soren, if I was a bad person, I could tell you her name and her Instagram handle, because of course I know who she is. Like, this stuck with me forever um she turns to us and goes i'm really sorry you got stuck with the crappy boat ride and i said what do you mean i was like i love it it's fun and she's like yeah but you have bad costumes and you don't work at soren she's like who would want to be stuck on the loser boat ride when soren exists in the building so sorry you're gonna have nothing to do on your college program and i just went i just stared at her and i said don't insult my boat like that (laughs) And they would say mean things about us, and they would make fun of us, and they would tell people not to ride us. And I'm also just really insulted, Paul, and since I'm on this tangent, of the fact that when you're in the land building, there's escalators that go up and escalators that go down. The escalators that go down put you right at the entrance to living with the land. But you're usually going downstairs to go to Soren. So you cut all the way over and go to Soren. And then the escalator up to leave the building is right at the entrance to Soren. So you never even get a chance to ride Living with the Land. Or even look at it and notice it. It is really hidden back. I would say it's probably the most hidden ride. Maybe it's tough to be a bug. Yeah. But yeah, it's tucked in there. And unless you are going to Living with the Land... You don't know it's there. And I, you know, had a lady come up to me once and she went, I've been coming to Disney World for the last decade and I did not know this ride was here. And I went, that hurts my heart, but you're here now. So experience it. Yeah. But also, what has she been doing at Disney World? (laughs) Also, some people just aren't Epcot people. So yeah, that's true. You have to be an Epcot person to love living with the land. Like, it, it is not for the people that go for Disney. It's the people who go for Epcot. Yeah. So anyway, we're talking about living with the land this week. Um, 
on special request, uh, specifically because uh, we realized probably not everyone listening has been on Living with the Land. We'll do a separate episode later, I'm sure, about Great Movie Ride, um, because yes. um, obviously, and I will just give the whole spiel. Um, I'll just I'll just do the whole thing. <laughs> I've, I've got my script, so no, uh, I will definitely not do that. That's almost certainly illegal. Um, <laughs> but Bree, uh, walk us through what is Living with the Land. Living with the land is a boat experience. Okay, 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 okay. I don't need the cast member version. I want the podcast host version. Living with the land's a boat ride. Uh, <laughs> it's in Epcot. It's, it's a boat the, ride. Full stop, is it? <laughs> it's in the basement of the land building. Uh, it's an opening day attraction for Epcot. It was, fun fact, the reason Living with the Land exists, I guess, is where we should start, is that... It is a play on Walt's original vision for Epcot. So for those of you who don't know, Walt wanted Epcot to be a living, working community for cast members, essentially, to live, work, kind of a town, kind of what Celebration became, almost, in theory. Um, But way more than that. Yeah. So Epcot is... Epcot. So Living with the Land is a play on that. Um, It's a living, breathing, working greenhouse and the vegetables and fruits and fishies, sorry to ruin this for everyone, grown there, uh, are consumed at various restaurants in Epcot and around Disney if they produce more than Epcot uses. And it supplies all of the food for the festivals at Epcot. So everything you eat at Epcot is grown at Epcot, which I think is super cool. Except for most of the meat, but... Yeah, they don't have cows or pigs or anything. That would be traumatic. Or chickens, or yeah. I mean, they have animatronic chickens. Well, yeah, but they don't lay eggs. True. So, yeah, so Living with the Land is one of the few original day attractions. Uh, it's got, oh God, four rooms that you go through. Well, four greenhouse rooms and then three scene rooms that you go through. Uh, fun fact, none of them have worked at 100% since opening day. Uh, there is always something broken on living with the land. <laughs> it's never, I have never personally seen a fully working living with the land. Uh, most people, unless you were there opening day of Epcot, have not seen a fully working living with the land. Uh, it's a great ride because everyone can go on it. It's for kids of all ages and it's dark and it's cool and it's long. It's like almost 20 minutes long. So like you get to sit in a boat for 20 minutes, which is nice. And it's, Fun fact, the exact same system as the Small World. So the water system, the control panel, everything is the same. That's how they built it, was based on It's a Small World. And you can do behind-the-scenes greenhouse tours. I've never even done one. How sad is that? You haven't done behind-the-scenes? To be fair, as part of your training, you get to walk it. So I've essentially done Mm. behind-the-scenes at 5.45 in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was uh, a there was a movie ride. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, there was a movie ride tour that you could do. Oh, what was it called? I'd have to look it up. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was like Sunday mornings before the park opened. Uh, like before That's the vehicles cool. were running, you just walk the track. Like as That's a so as a cool. guest too. Yeah, it was really cool. I never did it, I but I never that. needed to because. I mean. I worked there anyway. Exactly. Um. So it's just, it's a great ride. And I feel like the kind of tone I had going into my college program. So I obviously didn't know about it 
until I did my college program. Um, the first time I went to Epcot was <laughs> the day after Christmas, and <laughs> we didn't do a whole lot of anything because we couldn't because it was at capacity. And so I didn't know it existed then. And then I got on my college program and all my roommates who were avid Walt Disney World people like lived there, worked there already, like traveled there their whole lives. were like, oh, well, what ride are you working at? And I said, living with the land. And it's a very split opinion. You either have people that love it and will defend it until the day they die or that will never ride it ever. It's a polarizing ride. And I mean, really, those are the only two opinions on it it is just such a like specific kind of ride it's an educational ride it's a you know slow moving boat ride there's no thrills to it um no. um paul okay there's no <laughs> high speeds or drops <laughs> there's a lot of thrill to living with the land you get to see squash grown upside down watermelons grown in different shapes nine pound Fishies. lemons Nine pound lemons, fish creating the fertilization system for plants, creating the clean oxygen in the water for fish. It's a beautiful thing. It's thrilling. I used to tell people when they would ask me if Great Movie Ride was a roller coaster, I'd say it's an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> I would I would make a similar joke on Living with the Land. People would ask me if there were any drops. Because, you know, like Pirates of the Caribbean and stuff yeah. kind of scares people. Yeah. And if it was little kids, I would tell them, yes. I would tell them there's a really big one at the beginning and hold on. If it was genuinely concerned people, I would say only the fruit falling, but it doesn't usually hit the boat. <laughs> Wait, but there's not my a favorite... drop. Why would you tell them that? Well, okay, because my favorite thing to do was uh, dispatch at Living with the Land. And dispatch is where you send the vehicles as the cast member. You sit. And the front row is right in front of you, so you can just talk to the front row, like, while you're sitting there. And sometimes there's, like, a wheelchair or something, so you're there for quite a long time, sitting and waiting. And so the people in the front row will ask, oh, my God, like, is there a drop? Like, are we going to drop down? Because it's pitch black. You can't see what oh, you're entering into yeah. and living with the land. Yeah. And so usually if I was at dispatch, I would be like, I don't know, didn't you see the warning signs about getting wet? And they'd be like, what warning signs? I'm like, well, obviously you moved through line too fast. You didn't see the warning signs. So if you get wet, it's not my fault. And then I would hit the button and just send it. And they would scream. The <laughs> best so part is, the best part is, they just clearly weren't watching the people who went right in front of them. Like, No, <laughs> that's the funniest yeah. part about it. Yeah. So... I think it's a fun ride. Um, I'm really grateful it was where I worked on my college program. You know, I worked awful hours. <laughs> um, but the people there were so wonderful. Like, it was all 60 plus year old adults in the mornings. So when I would pick up a rare morning shift, it would be me, the one 24 year old full time cast member. And everyone who worked at Disney because they were retired and wanted a, a job. <laughs> and I'm still friends with all of them on Facebook. Uh, they are so wonderful. My coordinators at that job were wonderful. They were literally like my parents. Like they took such good care of us. And it was the best ride I could have ever worked at. It's the best ride ever. So if you, go to Epcot and ride Living with the Land. It, it, it is so underrated. 
And my favorite part about it, and this is so (laughs) shallow and such a Washington thing to say, was I got to see pineapples grow for the first time. (laughs) I've never seen a pineapple grow before until I rode Living with the Land. And it's fun working there because I worked there for four months, which is essentially like the span of something growing. So it was really fun at the start of my program to see like the new plants planted. And then at the end of the program, see like them harvest and start to switch over for like fall plants. And it was super cool. That is cool. The thing about living with the land is the greenhouse is too integral to Epcot to get rid of. Mm-hmm. And at this point, it would it's not it doesn't cost that much to run like no it's just easy cheap quick to run and i mean like the behind the seeds tour is seriously like 20 bucks like 25 bucks it's so cheap super cheap and you get to take a seed packet home with you and it's super cool like i also it closes at 7 p.m so like it doesn't even have to stay open with the park exactly like so like (laughs) it's it is a children's ride. <laughs> it is one of the few rides that I would be like, are you, if you're pregnant, this would be a good one. Yes. Unless smells bother them. Ooh, then Yeah, no. that's a good point. Yes. And the greenhouses on hot days can get hot. They can cook, for sure. Like it is, you have to bring your sunglasses on the ride because <laughs> it is bright and hot in the greenhouses. I'm trying to think of just... My favorite part of living with the land. I, I literally close my eyes and I think about it. <laughs> I think about living with the land all the time. Like it, it is, there is not a day it does not live rent free in my brain. I think about our nine pound lemon tree a lot because I never saw a nine pound lemon. Wait, what? I never saw one. <laughs> oh no, that's tread. I've seen a nine pound lemon before. So, when I was in like seventh grade, but still. So it, I just, I never hit it at the right point. Like, I'd see lemons on the tree, but I'd never get to ride it or do a ride through or anything when there were lemons. But fun fact wait, about working wait, wait. living with So what you're saying is there were nine pound lemons at the time you were working there and you just never managed to see one? Yes. Wild. That is 100% what I'm telling you. They would either have been picked already or still been babies. How fast do these nine pound lemons grow? Not very fast, Paul. And I didn't ride it a lot when I worked there. Well, all right. That's a good point. I mean, I would ride it on my days off. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I would go to Epcot just to ride it on my days off. But fun fact about the lemons. So the lemon tree actually produces more lemons than Disney needs because there are separate lemon trees in Living with the Land other than the nine pound lemon trees. They're, they're, They're just regular lemon trees. Uh, so there's a cast member there named Lorraine. I want to say her name's Lorraine. We called her the evil one. So I don't (laughs) remember her actual name. She was cranky and like a million years old and super just short and angry. Maybe we shouldn't (laughs) say what her real name is. (laughs) We'll call her Lorraine. I don't think that's her real name. Okay. That's not her real name. I'm almost hundred percent sure. So Lorraine loved baking. She, like, grew up in, like, a southern household. She loved baking. And she would bribe the greenhouse attendants, which is an actual, like, program you can apply to be part of. Fun fact. And to give her the leftover lemons. So any lemons that Disney couldn't use, she bribed them to give to her. 
And they did. And she would bring in lemon pie and lemon squares and pretty much any lemon dessert you could think of, she would bring in and leave on the table. Were all of the CPs afraid she was trying to poison us and really did not want to eat them? Yes. But. <laughs> well, you have done nothing to earn her the name the evil one in this story so far. She is, she seems great. She seems like my she favorite would, cast member. Uh, She would throw boxes of cigarettes at us backstage. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we there you go. That'll doing work. Doing what we're supposed to. Uh, and I have a million more stories about her. She was insane. But like I said, a family. She's just like, you know, like your crazy aunt or something. <laughs> uh, but I still remember the spiel. So let me let me do my spiel for you. Okay. Because so if you didn't know, Living with the Land was purchased by Chiquita Banana. The sponsorship for Living with the Spons- Land. Yeah. Yeah. So but they own the rights to it technically. So yeah. they don't just sponsor it. Disney, because Disney rides rights are very complicated. <laughs> they're very complicated. We'll have to do an episode on their rights and like how it works. Yeah, because the Marvel one did so well. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so it's sponsored by Chiquita Banana. There's signs everywhere. All the bananas that grow there are Chiquita Bananas. Actual seeds from their banana plantations that were transported to Living with the Land to specifically grow Chiquita Banana. Uh, and so you have to say Chiquita Banana in every spiel you do. Whether you're sending the boat, you're welcoming the boat, you have to say it. Like, it is part of the contract. <laughs> and so when a boat comes back, it would usually go something like, Hi, welcome back. I'm glad the Venus flytraps didn't eat you today. Chiquita Banana and I are so glad you're joining us back on this dock. <laughs> Now, if you could just remain seated. Yeah, I said remain seated. Please remain seated until the boat comes to a complete stop. And then when it comes to a complete stop, only when it comes to a complete stop, you're going to stay seated till it comes to a complete stop. You're going to watch your head on the bar above and your toes on the boat below. And you're not going to trip leaving my boat because then you'd fall and I'd laugh and we'd all feel bad. And you're going to exit out the door over there. Have a magical day. Write us again if you'd like. If not... Enjoy the rest of Epcot. I would applaud, but uh, I'm not that impressed. I'm just kidding. Yeah, uh, because you also worked on an attraction, Paul. Yeah, I did also work on an attraction, an attraction where I did a lot more talking than that. Uh, but Did you have a problem with people standing up on your attraction? No, generally not, thankfully. Um, yeah, ours is a big, I'm going to stand while right at one. Except for the one time when... A guy who I'm pretty sure did not speak English did stand up to take pictures. And I was like, what are you doing? And I was like, please sit down. And then he kind of sat down and they stood back up. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm still here. I'm on the vehicle with you, my dude. I'm not going away. Well, I mean, anyway. uh, (laughs) But I don't don't get it. So I had to emergency stop the ride. Because. Yeah. You know, what am I going to do? So that kept happening to us. Uh, I have two real fun stories to tell about living with the land. Um, A lot of people think it's a walkthrough attraction. I don't understand why. It is clearly a boat ride. You clearly get on a boat. The boat does not stop. To be fair, though, it could be a walkthrough attraction. I wouldn't be mad if it ever became one. I think if it was to change at all, they would just cover up the water. Yep. And it would just be a walk through greenhouse and yep. it would only be open during festivals. That's totally what would ever become of living with the land. Yep. Makes sense. 
So we have a tiny little closet size room that exists in the basement of Epcot. It's underground at Epcot. It's I don't even know if it's in the land building or if it's like underground because um, there's a million stairs to get to it. But you sit in this little broom closet and it has eight monitors and it's where you watch the ride. And it's all the security cameras of the greenhouses. And there's only two scenes in Living with the Land that aren't covered by cameras. And they're so heavily motion censored that, you know, it doesn't matter. So one day I'm sitting there and I have a radio with me and I'm just kind of hanging out in the dark in the air conditioning, trying really hard to not fall asleep. Because uh, it's like an unspoken rule that you don't turn the light of the closet in. You sit in the dark to watch the cameras. Um, and I'm sitting there. And, like, you have a phone that you can pick up to talk over the ride. And I'm sitting there and I'm just watching this family. And they're starting to, like, panic a little bit. And so I pick up and I'm like, just a friendly reminder, folks. Please remain seated at all times while the boat is moving. And I'm like, hold the phone because I, like, I feel like I'm going to have to say it again. And then, Paul, this man gets out of the boat. Just steps onto the center island. So I have an emergency stop button. So I hit it and stopped the ride. And then the desk calls me and they're like, why just stop the ride? And I said, there is a man in the palm trees. And they're like, what? And I said, there's a man in the palm trees and there is a boy. Oh, God. And the boy was like hanging into the water, like hanging out of the boat. So it turns out that the boy had put his shoe in the water. Okay. He was like seven. Like, mind you, like, this is not a small child. The shoe was in the water, floating in the water. So the dad had gotten out to try to stay behind the boat to get the shoe. The little boy is now hanging out of the boat now that the boat stopped to try to reach into the water to get the shoe. And we have about every leader in the building running through backstage (laughs) to try to get to this island. (laughs) To explain to the man, of course, I didn't speak English. That's really the next kicker. Um, And so I am just sitting there answering the phone every four seconds. And now, like, there's a leader with me because they have to make sure why emergency stopped. And of course, afterwards, I had to fill out all this paperwork because you have to fill out all this paperwork when you emergency stop a boat ride. And I'm just we're just sitting there watching this happen. And I'm like, do I do I make an, an announcement? And he goes, what are you going to say? And I said, I, I don't know. Please stay in the boat. Yeah. Uh, so eventually they got them back in the boat. I don't think they got kicked out of the park, but I definitely think that they got like a strong like talking to with security of you can't do that. Yeah. Wow. And then my next one is too many stories. So of famous people that I actually met Ooh. while working at Living with the Land. Uh, the first one is the Try Guys. Wow. Okay. Uh, I only said hi to Eugene because uh, it was Eugene and hmm, I'm not good with names. I only know Eugene. Cause I, I don't really know like any Eugene. of them, so you got me on that one. Uh, he's the one I actually talked to. And then let's see. Oh, and then it was Zach and Keith, because I think Ned had just gotten married, so he wasn't there. But it was Zach, Keith, and Eugene. 
And my coworker talked to all three of them, but I just talked to Eugene because he was getting getting off the boat. And I said, have a great day. (laughs) Cause I was like, I can't mention the try guys. Like that's not allowed. And (laughs) he was like, Hey, thanks you too. And I was like, this is the closest I'm going to get to a celebrity ever working at living with the land at Epcot. Uh, fun fact, Neil Patrick Harris, it's his favorite ride. He rides it 10 to 15 times every time he comes to the park. Like, they will reserve a boat for him to stay in. Cool. Yeah. He's a big um, Epcot he, fan. He's a big Epcot fan. But yeah, yeah it's his favorite ride. Uh, all my coworkers had met him at least two or three times. And I'm like, maybe I'll just stay till Christmas just to meet Neil Patrick Harris. Um, and then the other one was, did you watch Hannah Montana? I not a lot, but I have seen Hannah Montana before. So her brother, yep. Jason Earls, and his wife were at Epcot one day. And they decided like to way older. Isn't he like forties? Yeah, he's in his forties now. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh we're at Epcot and it was a big buzz. So I wasn't working monitor room. I was um <laughs> stroller parking. And uh <laughs> so I wasn't even in the building for this, but I saw it later because the person in the camera room videotaped it <laughs> because him and his wife got put in the back row of a boat as also known as the makeout row of the boat because people for whatever reason don't think there's cameras at disney and don't think that we can't see you making out in the back row of a ride we can we ignore it continue most of the time you ignore it anyway <laughs> Until it's Jason Earls from Hannah Montana making out with his wife in the back of the boat in the greenhouse. I hope it's his wife. We Googled it. It was definitely his wife. All right. Okay. That would have been really uh, awkward. <laughs> really awkward. Uh, yeah. And so I get to the break room and they're like, you will never believe what happened today. And I was like, what? Me being stuck outside at stroller parking for two hours? Because that's definitely what happened today. And they're like, no, Jason Earls from Hannah Montana and his wife were making out in the boat. And I said, hold the phone. What? And then they showed me the video, which I don't know where the video is now. I don't know if it still exists or if it's on the internet. I don't know. I don't really want to Google Jason Earls and his wife making out in the back seat of living, <laughs> of living with the with land. The land yeah. But yeah, so that's my only two cool stories that I have from it. Well, there you go. Those are pretty cool stories. But so if you ever get the chance, you should write it. Uh, I remember one time Paul came and visited me at work, and he rode Living with the Land. Probably more than one time. Probably more than well, one time. Well, I went but... there more than one time. Whether you were there or not, I don't know. But... I remember the specific one time I was working. Oh, okay. The game. No, you've probably read it more than one time. I've definitely written it more. Th- I wrote it more than one time on my program. Yeah. No, I just, I think that, like, we coincided one yeah. time. Yeah. Because, you know, when you're on a rotating position ride it's kind of hard to like find someone if they're working we should also do an episode someday on not necessarily like rotations but like what the like kind of unspoken not unspoken but on kind of less lesser known cast member things i guess yeah like rotations because i don't think a lot of people know what the heck we're talking about i don't think they do i think that'll be a good one to do yeah um but in terms of episodes, this one is over. This um, one is over. So hopefully you enjoyed that. Uh, if you did, uh, go on Living with the Land. But also uh, share the episode with your friends with the plant emoji and the, I assume there's like a pitchfork emoji or something for farming. Something like that. I don't know. Some sort of farming yes, no. emoji. 
yeah also uh if you want to leave us a voice message uh you can do so on our anchor page you can find the link on our socials i think it's anchor.fm slash signal dash 25 i'm not positive on that though so this sounds right if it's not right i'll cut it out um <laughs> but you can also uh find the link on all of our social media pages where we are at signal 25 brie what social media platforms are we on oh you can find us on all your favorite ones facebook specifically and I guess, you know, if you don't use Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Unfortunately, my favorite social media platform is LinkedIn. <laughs> I, don't, uh. that was, I don't know why I picked LinkedIn. I was just trying to think of, like, one that wasn't popular. I don't know. It's not like LinkedIn isn't popular. Uh, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Like I said, the episode's over now. Uh, it is over now. So thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And, uh... I'm Bree. And I'm Paul. And this has been Signal 25.